If you're a first-time guest, you came to the right place today. If you was wondering, wait a little, we'll let you know you came to the right place this morning. Amen. Faith or New, don't you love first-time guests? Can you show them some love? Amen. Amen. If you're a first-time guest and you haven't been by our hospitality room yet, it's right here to my right, your left. Swing by there. If you haven't got one of these yet, pick one of these up. Uh, if you do have this, you can tear off that bottom section and fill it out. Swing it by. We've got a free gift that we want to put in your hands just to let you know we appreciate you being here today and um, are thankful that you did decide to come hang out with us. And um, I pray already God's blessed you. Um, I believe, I blessed her as she sneezed. That was just around time. Pray that God has blessed you already. And um, But uh, he is, uh, he's a good God, and we're going to hear in just a moment how good he really is and why he's worthy of our praise. Mm, why he's worthy of our worship. Uh, just uh, last night, just to let you know, I did get hit by something physically attacked and don't know exactly what it was, but today I'm healed. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to rejoice because I'm healed. Amen. And because he does great miracles, so great, and he's worthy of it. And uh, if I was standing here still feeling like I felt yesterday, I'm still healed. <laughs> That's good, but I don't. I feel better. But even if I didn't, I'm still healed. And uh, so today, I'm thankful for God's healing power and thankful that He's alive. And I want to talk to you for a few moments today. Um, just share some things that this was laid out. This message was laid out a little bit different than how I'm going to deliver it today. I had about five points, five questions that I was going to pose to you. And I will give you the questions in just a moment in order. But I was going to break each one, each one down, answer each question for you. And uh, about four o'clock this morning, God woke me up and just began to begin to mess with me. Something woke me up. That's the thing. Something woke me up. And after I woke up, I laid there for about 30 minutes trying to go back to sleep. Anybody ever tried that? And it didn't work. And I said, man, while I'm up, I might as well rejoice. So I made the decision, made the choice today just to rejoice. So for about an hour and a half, I just rejoiced and worshiped and, and praised God and, and prayed for you and asked God to do something special in your life today. And after I got through all that, he stopped me and just changed everything and, and didn't want me to answer the questions for you, but he did want me to give you the questions to answer this week. So if you do have a worship guide, you can do this. You can flip it over. And in just a few moments, I'm going to give you the questions. And you can fill them in here in the notes section of the worship guide. But um, even if you, if, you, uh, if you don't have that, if you don't, they're, they're at the tables or whatever. Grab one. Let's write these things down. I want you to answer them this week. Here in this message, I may uh, inadvertently answer them for you. But I want you to answer these questions this week as we get into this subject today of worship. Matthew 28, verses 9 through 17 says this. It says, And as they went... To tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying. If you don't know, we're in, a, we're in a series finishing it up today on the story. We started it on Easter Sunday morning as we begin to celebrate and just take a special time to focus on the resurrection, to focus on what Jesus did for us on the cross and celebrate the fact that he's alive. So this is what happened. This is after he's risen, the angels appeared to the, uh, to the women who had went there to prepare the body for burial, and uh, they were met by an angel. said he was risen, he's alive, and as they went, verse 9 once again, to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying... Now hold on somebody. We got through singing every about 15 minutes. That was some good stuff. But he met them saying. Rejoice. So, when, so you got to understand something. What we're doing during this time before I get up here and preach, it's not just something to keep you busy. 
It, it, it's not something we do just to keep you, maybe just to entertain you for a little while. We're going to go home and go see how well we can entertain you, and then Pastor get up here and say a few things, encourage us a little bit, maybe in our walk, and then we can go home and say we had church, everything was okay. That's not all that's happening. What you're doing during the time before I get up here and preach is you're rejoicing. We're worshiping and honoring God who's alive. And the very first thing that came out of his mouth after he came back, the first thing recorded in the book of Matthew, was this one word. He said to rejoice. Now we rejoice for a lot of reasons. We rejoice a lot of times because maybe something is going well for us and something is happening good for us. And I can a lot of times I can see from this stage who's had a good week and who hadn't. By the looks on your face. By how it looks. But here's the deal. Here's what happened. Jesus didn't ask them how they were feeling. And again, I told you, I'm going to get way off of some of this stuff. There's going to be no rhyme or reason to this message today. This is not going to be hermeneutically and harmonetically and, and exegetic. All that, no, that just thrown out the window today. It just, me, it just, I'm just going to get here and share some stuff. But we have to understand that he didn't ask us anything about how we were feeling, how our week went, how we were going. Rejoice. So just a few moments ago when we were saying rejoice, you should have been rejoicing simply on the fact that Jesus said to do it. And the reason he said to do it was because now he is risen and he's alive. So that right there is enough. So whether I come into church, had a good week or not, simply because of the fact that he's alive and I can have life, that there is a reason enough for me to give God praise and rejoice because of what he's done for me in my life. That's enough. That's reason enough. So it, it doesn't matter if we come in. Well, it, it's been a, been a rough week, so I'm going to kind of just sit back. No, we rejoice for that reason. And when we understand that, and I love it, I love the simple fact that the first thing he told us after he came back, I want you to rejoice now because I'm living. And I found some things out. The more I praise him and worship him and give him what he deserves and rejoice in him, the better my week may get. The better things begin to go from it. But regardless of all that, I rejoice in him. I rejoice because of what it's done for me. I rejoice because my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. And that there, if he never does anything else for me, separation we saw in the video was, was done away with. The division and the gap that was made because of sin is now no longer. And now we can boldly go into a place of, of worship and intercession with him because of what he did on the cross for us. And that's enough. So whether he healed me physically and I had a manifestation and I felt better, doesn't matter. I rejoice because I'm going to heaven. I rejoice no matter what's happening. Maybe it's been a rough week. I rejoice in him. I rejoice in him. And we're going to sing that in a few moments. And I hope today, I pray that you'll understand that because of who he is, because he's alive, he is risen, they said. And the first thing, he sees them. And you've got to think, rejoice. And so here's what they did, and I love it. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Just, just think for just a moment. See, they had seen him on the cross. The story, I, I told it a few weeks ago. They saw him on the whipping post. They saw him when he was stretched out on a cross and, and pulled from, from one side to the other and one hand placed and the nails placed into it and it pierced the skin and put him on a cross. They saw that, but now they saw the one who died living. And I'm telling you, when you ever get a revelation of a risen Jesus, you'll worship him. 
When you ever get a revelation of the risen God and what he's done for you and the simple fact that he's alive, you will get at his feet and you will begin to worship him. They just worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid, go and tell. Talked about it last week. Go and tell my brethren, go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Verse 11. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all the things that had happened. And they had assembled with the elders and consulted together. They gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. Just think about that for just a second. There, there's, there's always will be someone to try to stop the truth from the story from being told. That hasn't changed today. When you go to tell the story, when you go to tell your story, there is always something that will be there to try to stop the word from going forth. It's still there today. As I'm preaching this word today, there are still some things that are trying to stop you from hearing it and receiving it. There always will be something there to try to stop the truth from being told. But listen, truth will set you free. He says, say to them, verse 13, his disciples came at night and they stole him away while they were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ear, he will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. A lie. We know the truth. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him there, they worshipped When they saw him, they worshipped him. And, and, it, and it happened then, and it happens now. And this, these next few words kind of just blow my mind. But some doubted. I, I, why? This Jesus who just died, they saw it, and now they saw him, and they were there. He was on the mountain, and they were there with him. It says they were there together, and they went to this mountain. Jesus had appointed for them, and they saw him. Think, come on, just, just think about it. How can we see his hand over and over and over work in our life and still doubt what he says? Still doubt who he is? Still wonder if we're going to make it through this problem? Still wonder if we're going to make it through this situation? It's still the same today. It started there and it carries on today. They still wonder. They still doubt. This is Jesus in the flesh. And they wondered. They doubted. But some did this. Some worshipped. Some rejoiced. And you know, at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings across America, when people go into the doors of a church, that choice is still placed before them. That, that, that option or plan A or plan B, whether you go into the presence of God and worship Him freely, spend time in His presence, get a revelation of who He is, see Him work in your life, see miracles begin to move, and honor Him and lift Him up because of the fact that He is living we have that choice. And we also have the choice to do this, doubt. We have the choice to wonder whether or not I'm going to make it through. We have a, wonder, we have a choice to wonder whether or not really this never did happen or am I just doing this? No, when we see him, we'll worship. So write these five questions down and we'll talk to you for just a few moments about what worship is. And again, it may have something to do with these points. It may not. We're just going to go as the Lord leads us. But today, answer these questions this week. Do this. Why support you? Write it somewhere. Take it home with you. What is worship? Answer the question this week. What is worship? And the question of who do you worship? You will find out we all worship something. Uh, 
You, you all worship something. When do you worship? He said, in everything, give him thanks. Where do you worship? Last question, why do you worship? Let's pray. God, thank you today for the word. As we just spend a few moments in it, today, Lord, let it just get in us. Let it get in our hearts. Let us get an understanding today and a revelation of who you are, what your word says, and let us rejoice. Let us worship you because of what you've done in our life, because of who you are, and because you're worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the first word out of his mouth was rejoice. The first thing he said to us was rejoice. The first thing he tells us to do was rejoice. We come to a place, and then they followed up, they rejoiced, and they got at the feet, and they worshipped him. Now listen, this is what the word worship means in the dictionary. It's associated with words like this. Love, honor, adore, and devotion. It, 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 is, it is connected to love, honor, words, and, and, and devotion. It has, again, it has nothing to do with just occupying a set of time between the opening prayer and the closing prayer before the pastor preaches. It has nothing to do with it. I was talking to a friend of mine, and, and he goes to a very traditional church, and they're very... Um, very traditional church. I'll just say it like that. They're very traditional in their thinking and how they worship and what they do. And it is... Um, it is trying to pick my words very carefully because we record and put this on the internet. Um, it's a very traditional church. And, um, and they understand the fact that they need to change some of the things that they're doing in order to reach the generation today. They understand that, and I applaud them for that. There are people within this church that are, that are in the leadership that are saying, we must do something. We have to do something because the generation that is here is passing away. And it's, and it's why it's so important that we as a church pour into the youth and the children, and, and we set the example, and we show them what worship is and what all should be happening. We do that because we understand how important the next generation is. And they do this. They started on Easter Sunday morning a, a contemporary service. And I, I applaud them for what they're doing. I pray, man, God's blessings upon them. And, and, I, and I pray, man, they, as they can start that contemporary service and whatever it is they do, whatever they call contemporary that God will just pour his spirit into that place and he'll bless. But during our conversation, he said this. He said, well, we're starting this contemporary service and he said the music's going to be a little bit different. We sing out of the hymnals in this uh, service and we sing off the screen in this service. So we, we, we do this. And, and the next few words that come out of his mouth really kind of mess with me because at first I thought, man, this dude's got it. He's got a revelation of what worship is. And he said this, it doesn't matter to me what they do. I was like, dude, you go ahead now. That's good. Because really, if you understand worship, we can understand that we can worship to amazing grace. We can worship to, to I will rejoice. We can worship to all these things. But the reason he said this, and, and after we talked for a few moments, it became a little clearer of why he said that it doesn't really matter to him. Because he said, I don't really get into that either way. Dear Jesus. You don't tell a pastor that, man. Never tell a preacher you don't get into that because you know me for the rest of the time I hung out talking, I was trying to just throw some stuff in there and, and just try to paint a picture of what worship is. But the reason he said it is because that really doesn't matter to me. 
And if he said it because I'm, I'm just serving Jesus no matter what, I'm going to worship either way no matter what, I'm okay with that. But that is something that he doesn't really partake in during that part of the service. And I wonder why today in churches all across America, if they're preaching Jesus, that he is alive, when the choice is given to worship or doubt, we choose to doubt and say, well, whatever. So worship today, again, it's not a style of music. It's not something we do. And we gauge it a lot of times, our success on worship by what kind of crowd we draw and how, what kind of amount of people come to see the worship that takes place. And we say, that worship's good. They were tight. The band was good. This, this worship was bad because this note was off or this happened. Listen to me. Crowds mean nothing. Amen. There were thousands of people in the Bilo Center the other night and they wasn't worshiping Jesus. Amen. They were, well, just throw it out there. Country, there was rock shows, a lot of stuff. So I ain't picking on one thing. There was a lot of things going on in the Bible Center the other night, and it had nothing to do with Jesus. So crowds, to me, I'm understanding that worship is not about any of these things. I worship, I understand that worship is something about what happens and starts on the inside of me. Lamar Boschman says this, When I worship, I would rather my heart be without words than my words be without heart. I would rather my heart be without words than my words be without heart. It's a matter and worship will always begin in here for you. Worship will always start on the inside of you. It will always start in this place for you. And, and I want to just in just a few moments unpack something for you. Go to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. And this is where it took me to this morning and this is when everything went south for my cute little message. Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. Verses 36 through 50. When you got it, say amen. 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 That's always a good place for a preacher to get a drink of water. Verse 36. A lot of verses, a lot of scripture, but hang in there. If you don't have your Bible, you can look on the screen. It'll be on there. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. This is talking about Jesus. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil oil. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who's touching him, for she is a sinner. Ah, how quick we throw the stone so many times. How quick we make the judgment call. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. You know he always has something to say to our judgment. That'll preach too, but and it would have gave me. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. Hmm. 
You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time that I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. I told you last week, there should be a day that you can recall when he said that to you. There should be a day, there should be a moment in time when you asked him and he spoke those words back into your life. And you heard him speak to your heart, maybe not audibly, maybe not in a loud voice, but he spoke to your heart and he told you, he said that your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Let's just look at this story for just a moment. And as I, I tell this story, I, I wish I had bigger words and, and a bigger vocabulary to somehow paint a picture for you. But in the best way that you can, I want you to get a visualization in your mind of what's happening. This is Jesus sitting in the middle of religious church people. He's come to the place of the house of Simon and he is spending time in their presence. And he is there in this place and he sits in the midst of all of them with dirty feet. That means nothing to some of you because you don't maybe know the history behind that, but they took that very seriously. You would wash the feet before you go into a home. You would wash the hands and you would, you would take time to cleanse yourself before you go into this place and before you sat down, especially before you prepared and before you spent time in, with eating and fellowshipping with someone. But during all the midst of everything that was happening... Jesus showing up at your home can stir up some things. I understand that. God doing something in your midst and, and Him showing up and, and being a part and, 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 and your church getting a facility and, and the church beginning to grow and God doing things and all these things can happen and it can become a very exciting time. But Jesus sat in the middle of all these religious people with dirty feet. He said it. He said, I came into your house and you never washed my feet. I came into your house and you never anointed my head. You never did any of these things. But in the middle of all this, him sitting in this place, in through the door, walks a woman. Not just any woman the Bible records. It says that she was a sinner woman. She comes into that place and she brings into his presence what she has that is valuable to her. She brings in his presence what she has. And, and again, I told you you got to use imagination today, but she takes maybe this symbolic bottle of water here today is going to represent what she has to offer. She takes what she has and brings to him. That's what worship is. 
I don't have much. Maybe, maybe I have a whole lot. Maybe I have a whole little. But worship is this. It's taking what you have and then you bringing it into that place. And then the next step is what I love. She takes what she has and she breaks it. This version doesn't record it, but in Mark 14, you can, you can read it, it's the same story, but it breaks out the fact that she not only anoints the feet, but she pours it on the head, and, and she begins to anoint him. And with the tears on her face, and with the hair of her head, she takes what she has, breaks it, and pours it on him. Now here's the choice of what worship is. When we come into the place and we say, I will rejoice, or I will worship, or I will doubt, or I will just go through the motions and go home, it always comes back again to our decision that we make. She didn't take what she had and take the top off of it and say, I'm going to pour to just a little bit of what I have on him. I'm going to come in and, and I'm going to take everything and I'm just going to just open it up and I'm just going to... Matter of fact, a lot of times we do this. Dabbing on him. I'm going to get very spiritual today. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit. That's when you get very religious. You do that. <laughs> Did not take and just pour it out. Because here's, here's, the, here's the difference. If you take it and you just remove the top off of it and pour a little bit out, you always have the choice to put the top back on it. That was some deep stuff, wasn't it? Now you know why he woke me up at 4 o'clock this morning and gave me this revelation. If you... Take the top off. And if you come to church on Sunday morning and you give him just a little bit, you can keep some for yourself. Matter of fact, I have pretty good stuff. Now, how stupid is that? But how many times do we pour our worship on ourselves? Oh, I got one. Come on. How many times do we take what should be on him and keep it to ourselves? Because maybe we're afraid of if I give him all this, what am I going to have left? If I offer up everything that's within me, and if I really take this and I break this and I, and, and I, and I put this, then I, I have no control of what happens to it. Exactly. Hear, hear that? Exactly. That's exactly what happens. Because if we take it and we remove the top off of it and we just dab it out a little bit here and there, we sprinkle a little bit here and there, we can't control where it is. And as long as we can control where it is, it always will look like us. <laughs> as, as, as long as we keep it where we want it, and put it where we want it to go and do what we want to do with it, it will always look like us. And some of you say, I wish I looked like that bottle. That's pretty good hourglass shape, the new recyclable. That's nice. What's wrong with that? And listen, as long as it stays in this, it'll always look like us. And so I begin to think, why is it that you can go in this place, in this building, and worship looks like this? 
Why can you go to this church and it has this label on the, on the sign, it has this name on the door, and you go into that place and it looks like this? But is that what worship is? As long as it looks like us. And we say this, well, I worship this way. Well, I worship that way. You go into this church, depending on the amount of money, the color skin, what they have, how they're dressed, they worship that way. Jesus didn't have that conversation, remember? He met a woman at the well, and he said, yeah, you say worship like this, I say worship like that. He said, no, real worship is when you worship in spirit and in truth. So this is what happens. We take it off. 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. Ah, that's the sweet anointing of worship filling this place, God. Don't you love my worship? Hmm. Jesus, I showed up today. You know, I could have been at the lake. It's a beautiful day. Some of y'all are like, dog, slid your toes back underneath the chair when I said that. What's to get you out of here? Go to the lake if you want to go to the lake. But listen, you had the choice. And because you made that decision, you come in and... Did you ever worship? Just think. Or did you come in and you say, I'm going to take the step today. Man, that pastor been preaching good. I'm going to take the top off. Matter of fact, I'm going to take the top. I'm going to lay it over here. I don't no longer need that top. And if it happens to just spill out during some of this, I'll be okay. If they really get me stirred up, if they sing, I will rejoice one more time, I'm going to just let it. No. She took what she had and she broke it. And when you take everything that you have in the area of worship and you break what is containing it, and you take what is holding it back and keeping it the shape that it's in, and when the moment you do this, the moment you take it and you begin to pour it out, and you begin to release what's on the inside of you, it no longer looks like you. You got to see it. You have to see this. She took the box, she took the fragrant oil, she cracked it open and she broke it, and she began to pour it on his head. I don't know exactly what he looks like. I'm looking forward to that day to see Jesus. But I do know this. I know that what she had the moment that it left her and went on to him, it no longer looked like her, but it looked like the one she poured it on. It no longer had the shape. And I can see it. I can see the oil now doing this, hitting the top of his head and running down his head and running down his face, getting caught on the beard of Jesus. And as it began to come to the end of the beard, it dripped down and it went on to the, to the clothing that he was wearing. And the Bible said that she did this. She took her tears and her hair and she got down at the feet of Jesus and she worshipped. Him. Some of you are wondering today, why am I in this condition? Why am I broken, Pastor? 
Why is it that I'm in the shape that I'm in today? Why is it that I feel like I feel? I can't explain it. But I know what happens when you take what is broken and what is inside of you and you begin to pour it on Him. It always takes His shape. Pastor, what's our worship going to look like in this church? Can we define it by a song? No. Can we define it by a style? What does it look like? What does your worship look like? It needs to look like Jesus. If it doesn't look like Jesus, it's not worship. If it doesn't look like Him, it's what we have and what we want to control. But the moment you take it and you pour it on Him, so worship looks like Jesus. So worship looks like this. When they were pushing those children around that, the, that baseball field in a wheelchair, that was Jesus' worship. When someone comes and they, and, and I'm telling you, we have some of those awesome people. They clean the church and they cut the grass and they do this. They never get paid. Listen to me. That's Jesus' worship. And it just blows me away. What's it going to look like? It's going to look like Him. So, what are we going to do with it? When it's all said and done, are we going to pour a little bit out? Pour it on his feet. Maybe feel better. And it's even the case when we do this, when we take our worship and even pour it on ourselves. It's pretty good stuff. Man, it makes me feel good. But anytime you pour it on you and put it inside of you, you'll always release it. You can never hang on to it. And if you know how the human body works, you know what I just said. It's always being put somewhere. And it's just flushed down a commode. Very graphic, but very true. And it goes to a little place down the road in a sewer treatment plant. It means nothing. But the moment, the moment we pour it on Him, it takes His shape. Stand with me if you would, please. Bay his for a moment if you would. God's wanting to do things in our church that we've never seen before. He's wanting to do things that I'm telling you we won't be able to explain. He's wanting to do things that we won't be able to find the words to describe. But when does that happen? When we take what's on the inside of us. We break it and say, I'm not going to control this any longer. I'm not going to just stop with maybe a lifted hand or maybe an amen every now and then. I, I'm not going to just stop with just doing this maybe on Sunday morning, but I'm going to take everything that I have. I'm going to break it and I'm going to pour it on Him. 
And here's what blows, I'm telling you, it just blows me away to think about this. One way, somehow or another, you will end up in a broken place. Remember I said it always goes back to the decision, the choice that we make with what happens. I'm speaking to several people on several different levels right now. Please hear what I'm saying to you. Some of you today, you need to hear this message for this reason. Because you've been the one who's been putting the top back on it and walking out the door and having control over it. And I'm speaking to you and not on that level. And I hope you understand the day that you're in this place and God's speaking to your heart and you need to take what you have and open it up and break it and pour it on Him and let it take the shape of Jesus. Some of you are in a place and, 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 and you've got to the place already where you're broken for different reasons. And there's crack places and there's damaged places. And you're broken for a different reason because of what someone said or did or what you went through or because of the bank account, because of this, because of whatever's happening. And you're in a broken place. Listen, the same result applies to both. When you take what you have and it's broken for whatever reason and you pour it on Jesus, it no longer looks like you, but it looks like the one that you poured it on. So today, you know, God spoke into your heart on maybe one of those different levels. I just want you to be honest and be real. Do this. I want you to lift your hand up as high as you can get it right now. And I want to see who I'm talking to. And there's many in this place. There's many in this place. There's hands going up across this room. There's many in this place. God just told me to reiterate this one more time to you. Listen, if you're here and you're broken, he said, pour it on me today. Take what you have left. Pour it on me and watch what I'll do. Just pour it on me. Some of you are here this morning. Please hear me. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've got to understand this. The woman who went in and wrecked the whole day was a sinner woman. I don't know what she looked like, smelled like, what she'd been through. But it does say that she was a sinner woman. But she was able because of God's grace. And because of the love of Jesus that was just flowing out of him. She knew she could come to his feet and he'll not reject her. Listen to me today. If you're here regardless of the situation, you say, I'm a sinner. I have done all these things. Listen, Jesus is going to do this for you prepare a place that you can come to this morning by his feet him not judge you but simply say the words to you your sins are forgiven <laughs> but what are we going to do with what we have if you're here today and I want you to be honest and be real
If you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you don't know him, he's not the Lord of your life, I want you to do this. I want you to raise your hand up as high as you can get it real quick. Raise it up as high as you can. Thank you. Who else? Raise it up as high as you can get it. Raise it up. Keep it up. I want to see it. Raise it up high. Thank you. Amen. Amen. You can put it back down now. If you raise your hand for any reason today, I want to ask you to do this. I want you to take what you have and come and pour it on Him today. If you raise your hand for salvation, we're going to pray with you in just a moment or someone's going to pray with you. And lead you in a prayer that's going to change your lives forever. But if you raise your hand today, I want you to do this. I want you to step out and I want you to begin to move down to this altar. And we're going to come together. We're going to pray. And listen to me. For some of you, there's some broken places. There's some damaged and cracked places and you're saying, I can't do this. Just bring it to Him and begin to pour it on Him. If you raise your hand for any reason, just begin to come make your way. Leaders, I want you to come with them. I want you to begin to come and step out as they make the way. We're going to pray for these folks, and God's going to do something. We're going to pour some things on Him, and the Lord's going to do His work in you. And in just a few moments, I want the worship team to make the way back up to the stage in just a few moments. And we're going to sing while we rejoice one more time. <laughs> Faith in you, give them a hand as they come down. Let them know you appreciate them. The decision, the choice to make. Come on. Come on. Don't patty cake. This is awesome. This is awesome. Ah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ah. Now, Faith, when you do this, help me with this. I don't want to see one person in this altar without someone coming with them and someone putting their arms around and praying. So if you, if you see someone down here, that means you got to look up, raise your head up, open your eyes, just begin to come on down. I want you to get, if it's okay, if you get two or three around somebody, and I want you to just begin to just pray over them, speak some things into their life today. Oh God, get ready. He's getting ready to do something. He just. Amen. Church, we need some folks down here to help us pray for just a moment. I'm going to get around. We're going to pray. But I need some folks to help me for just a moment. Praise team, worship leaders, you should be the first ones down here praying for somebody right now. I've been talking to you today about worship. You can play your instrument in just a moment. Come on, you should be down here doing this right now when you have the opportunity. Come on, let's take advantage of this. Hallelujah. Come on, let's do this. Thank you, Jesus. Many have moved. Many have stepped out. There's some of you still in a broken place today. You said, no, nah, it's not going to help me. Pour it on him today. Take what you have and give it over to him. <laughs>